Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. So we come upon another Christmas season, and uh, all of us are ready for the Christmas season. I hope we're, if we're not, we're preparing for the onslaught of shopping and Christmas tunes and traffic and weather. I don't want to speak any weather, but, you know, if weather doesn't come, that'd be all right with me, uh, Sister Patty. But uh, we prepare for all of those things. And, you know, one of the things that I have seen in the last, not only the last few years, but the last number of years, is that I personally don't see as many nativity scenes in public, you know, at the, at the mall, you don't, you don't see it as much. And I've noticed that employers, retailers, educators are all being encouraged uh, and even uh, instructed to make sure that you only use the term happy holidays or seasons greetings instead of Merry Christmas uh, for fear of lawsuits and all of those types of things. And uh, I just begin to wonder what happened to take this time of the year and what we are used to celebrating at this time of year to, to take it and, and, and make it take a turn uh, and so that it loses the importance and the meaning of what it was really meant to be. Amen. And um, it's just interesting to me that atheists still celebrate Christmas season. They don't say Merry Christmas, they say Happy Holidays, but they still celebrate it. Uh, how would you feel if somebody didn't believe in you, but they did celebrate your birthday? You know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take some time off work. I'll take vacation. I'll take a bonus at the end of the year, right? Uh, you know, because it's your birthday, but I really don't believe in you. Come on, right? So they'll celebrate it. You know, when Jesus told his followers that he was the bread of life, he was offering them a solution. He was offering them a solution. And so it's important that we understand that Jesus coming, uh, it, it, it had many purposes for him being born, but there was a sole focus when he was born. Understand that Jesus was born a tiny baby, little hands and feet, beautiful, crying, wonderful skin, as babies do, precious, all of those things, born to die on a bloody cross, hands made for nail and hammer. Come on, his side being prepared to receive a spear. That's why he was born. There was a sole focus. There was a sole focus when Jesus was born. He came to earth to demonstrate God's personal care for you and me. That's how much he loves us. And when we try to live apart from God, our needs quickly take control of our life and become our obsessions. And Jesus comes to say, listen, I am the bread. I will fill you. Not just to fill your belly, but I'll fill every area of your life that you hunger for. This is why Jesus came. 
bread. Bread is a basic part of life. Now, I, when, when I talk about bread, uh, I know a lot of you are on the keto diet. A lot of you have done Atkins and those type of things. But understand, the expression to eat bread meant to share a meal. That's really what it meant at its crux. And even the prisoner must have bread and water. Come on. Bread was a basic part of the Israelites' culture at that time. So let's look at John chapter 6. And I'm going to begin at verse 22, and I'm going to go all the way down to 35. And I'm coming from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you have a different version, we'll get to the same place together. Amen? So verse 22 begins this way. Said on the following day, now listen, this is after Jesus had fed the 5,000, okay? On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that the one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they, what? ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said this. Listen to this. He said, most assuredly, now watch now, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were, what? Filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, well, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he, whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, Well, what sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you, gives you the true bread from heaven. He said, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus didn't say here, if you jump through hoops, if you perform uh, miracles, if you uh, do uh, certain things that I'm going to ask you to do, then you'll never hunger or never thirst. He said, you must believe in me. We can't work our way to God. We can't work our way to his favor. We can't work our way into his grace. 
I've had so many conversations this year, it's amazing to me, with people, and I don't know if it's just the, uh, uh, the, the anomaly or whatever it may be of social media, but I, I've had so many conversations, more so this year than any other year, with people who don't believe in God, with scientists, with those who uh, are trying to prove that there is no God, with those who are perplexed as to why uh, I would go to church, and that's all of us. Why would you do that? Why would you give your money to church? You, 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 don't, you don't see anything. There's nothing tangible. What is, what's wrong with you? You're a fool. You're a fool. Something is wrong with you. Had so many conversations. And the one thing about it is, I've just come to a place in myself, a rest in my spirit. Because when you believe in God, we know, we know as a Christian that you walk by, come on, faith, what? We know that as Christians. But for you to try to explain and reason that to someone whose eyes are not open, you're only going to frustrate yourself. You're only going to frustrate yourself. And so our job is to believe and live the life that God called us to live as an example. Because Jesus said, I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Not you. It's not your job to draw all men unto Jesus. I know you might think it is, but it's not your job. But what is your job is to lift up Jesus. It's to lift him up, lift him up. That's our job, to live the life that God called us to live. And with that, why do you read this ancient book? It's nothing but a history book. But I want to tell you something. The letter of the law kills, but the spirit, the spirit, the spirit gives life. It's not just that it's the book that we read, but we have the Holy Spirit that brings it to life. It gives us revelation. It gives us rhema. It is our daily bread. Come on. What we have to understand, this book is our bread. Jesus is the word. And let's understand that bread was such a common part of the ancient Israelites' diet that it was often just referred to when they referred to food in general. They just said bread. Okay? So don't get all upset, keto people. It's, we're talking about that which sustains you. Bread. We're talking, plus they made bread differently back then anyway. But now listen, the Hebrew word for Bethlehem, this, this Hebrew word, Beth, if anybody knows, means house. Like Bethel, house of God. Beth, Beth, house. El, God. This word Bethlehem, Lahim, means bread. So Bethlehem was the house of bread. Now I have a question for you. Where was Jesus born? Come on. In the house of bread. But what was the bread in that house? <laughs> Come on. Jesus was the bread in that house. He is the bread that comes from heaven. Why was it so important that Jesus was born? We know, we've already established that he had a singular focus among many purposes. We know that he was on his way from the moment that he took his first breath on earth to the cross. We know that. But that was a journey. 
that was about 30, a 33 year journey. There was a thing we like to call meantime. <laughs> Come on. From now until the cross. There's a thing in your life we like to call meantime. <laughs> From now until the day you die. It ain't over. It ain't over. It's not over. Come on. There was a meantime. And the meantime, what Jesus wanted us to know is that he is our bread. He is our meal. So there's three things I want you to know about this bread. First of all, we need to understand that Jesus is our daily bread. Exodus 16:4 put it this way. It said then the Lord Mo the Lord said to Moses, "Behold, now watch this. He said, "I will rain bread from heaven, bread from heaven. I'm not going to give you seed to plant to bring up grain so that you can make bread." I am going to rain bread from heaven and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them when they will walk, whether they will walk in my law or not. They will go out when? Every day. Every day. Jesus wants us to know that there are so many of us that rely on what happened yesterday. But here's the way your God operates. Every day is new. Every day is new. Even to the point that his mercies are new. They're brand new. He doesn't get tired like we do. You would think he would. I would think he would because I've done something this day, the next day, and the next day, and I'm thinking he must be getting tired of this by now. But Jesus doesn't get tired like we do. Come on, I know I get tired. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I remember one of my mothers and probably a lot of yours as well. One of her favorite lines, how many times do I have to tell you? Come on. Anybody ever heard that before? Maybe you haven't. I've heard it said, how many times do I have to tell you? Fortunately, God never says that to us with that heart. How many times do I have to tell you I'm done, I've had it, I'm finished, I've had it up to here, it's over. No, his mercies are not only new every morning, but his mercy endures how long? Forever. Come on. That's the way God is. That's the way your God is. That's why he said every day, every day you'll get a certain quota of bread and it will be enough. What I give you will be enough. How many know that Jesus is enough? He's enough. I look in the mirror sometimes and wonder, what are you looking for? Because Jesus is enough. He is enough. And you're okay. And then if you look in the New Testament, over in Matthew chapter 6, what Jesus gave us as what we call the Lord's Prayer, he said, pray this way. Give us this day our what? Daily Bread. No, I don't want the bread. Get to the point where you don't want the bread from yesterday. I don't want the bread from yesterday because there's a new bread that Jesus has for me today. Now listen, I'm going to say this and I don't want to condemn anybody or even uh, maybe the word of the Lord will convict you. Not my job. I, I'm, I'm doing good enough to convict myself of this very thing. But we really ought to be reading our Bible every day. Because Jesus has a word for you every day. He doesn't run out of words. He has a word for you. He has a new filling 
for you every day. Come on. He has something new for you every day. His mercies are new every morning. He has something new for you every day. And so we should be saying, give us this day, not just for our bellies. Give us this day our daily bread. See, bread was a part of the daily life of the house of God. The show bread. Come on. Bread was a part of the daily life. We need to understand that God has a daily word for you. God has a daily impartation for you. God has a daily feeling for you. Every day, this is the day. This is the day. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean God didn't make yesterday? Yeah, he made yesterday, but he's not focused on that. He's focused on today because this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In it. Let us rejoice and be glad in today. Today you will be with me in paradise, he told the thief on the cross. Today. Focus on today. Some of you messed up yesterday. Some of us were offended last week, last month, this past year. Some of us have had a, a, a rough year. It's been tough. Some of us have suffered loss. Some of us have, have, have done things we shouldn't have done. Some of us have severed relationships that we're trying to mend. Some of us have, have gone through some things this year. But Jesus is saying to you, I have a daily word for you. And if you have your hand to the plow and if you're ready to move forward, but your head is turned and you're worrying about what happened yesterday, then you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. I got some more work to do before you even get into the kingdom. And by the way, the kingdom is not when it's all over. The kingdom is at hand. I'm talking about living right now an abundant life. I'm talking about living an overcoming life right now, today. Today, God has a word for you. Why do you need daily bread? Well, think about it. I, I know I remember times in my life, I remember once when I was in the service in the army, and, I, and we were still in basic training. And uh, one day we went out, we had to march nine miles out to the range with a, what we call a rucksack or an Alice pack, or I don't know what you call it, a backpack. And uh, this backpack, I only weighed about 145 pounds at the time, and it weighed about 65 pounds. And so we had to, we had to hike out nine miles to get to this range. And uh, they gave us a little lunch, but this particular day, uh, they were in a hurry because of whatever it was. We didn't get done all that we had to get done. And so we were out. So we got a little salad and a, we had an MRE. I don't know if you know what that is, a meal ready to eat. You add water and a pork chop comes out. And uh, so, it, uh, yeah, it wasn't really a pork chop, was it, Eldon? It, some kind of pork. I don't know what it was. But, um, but we had a little something. But with all that we were doing, I mean, you know, that, it just wasn't enough this day, Eldon. I mean, we, we marched out there nine miles, did, did all our shooting, and of course got yelled at and had to do push-ups and all the stuff that we do. And then we made it back, and we didn't make it back to about 10 p.m., and we hadn't eaten since 11.30. And if I tell you how tired and how beat I was, and usually in the Army, you're not going to eat at 11. It's just past bedtime. But you know what they did? They took us to the mess hall and gave us something to eat. Why did they do that? I felt tired. I felt like I couldn't make it. I don't know if I was going to wake up on time the next day. Because I lacked nourishment. When you don't spend time in the Word eating the bread, going to Jesus, 
your spirit lacks nourishment. When you don't eat spiritual food, your spirit feels tired. Your spirit feels weak because your spirit lacks spiritual nourishment. I don't know why we don't put as much emphasis on that as we do every day, our physical bodies. In fact, uh, I think there's quite a few of us that put a little too much emphasis on our That's what it is. We, we, we're unbalanced. Some of us are so heavy, we need to bring it up. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us. I love this. I love this. Who daily loads us with benefits. Daily loads us. The God of our salvation. He daily loads us with benefits. And so we, he's our daily bread. We need him every day. Again, all of us miss. Come on. I mean, all of us get busy. So I'm not condemning you. I mean, I'm looking right back at myself. But it's an encouragement. Jesus said, seek me every day. And guess what? If you missed Monday and Tuesday, he's still there on Wednesday. He's still there on Wednesday. I don't know. I've, been, I've, I've done things in my life where, uh, you know, I've missed this day and missed that day. And it just made me depressed. And I said, well, forget it then. You know, I, I've already missed a couple days. Jesus is not like that. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back, prodigal. Come on back, Bible reader, prodigal. Come on. Come on back. Start reading. Get you a devotional. Spend some time with me. So he's our daily bread, number one. Number two, I call it he's our faith bread. He's our faith bread. Here's why I say that. It's because God causes us, he puts us in a place where we must depend on him. Do you understand that faith, we know that the noun faith is defined in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's it, that's it as a noun. That's what faith is. But the action the action of faith really is nothing more than hearing what God says and doing that. That's really all it is. We want to make faith this big thing with all of our confessions. We must, our confession must line up. Of course, we know all of those things. But don't make it bigger than it is. It's hearing what God says and doing that. That's what faith is. That's, the, that's acting out your faith. That's living your faith. And this is our faith bread that we must depend on him. Over in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus was speaking to Satan and he, he answered him and he said, It's written that man shall not live by bread alone, and he's talking about the physical bread out of flour, but every word, now he's talking about the heavenly bread, that proceeds from the mouth of God. And all he's doing is he's quoting the Old Testament, in case you didn't know. He's quoting Deuteronomy 8.3, when the Bible says, So he humbled you. Now watch this. He humbled you. He humbled you. Allowed you to hunger. And fed you with manna which you did not know. What is it? I don't know what manna is. What is it? Which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, for a reason. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. What is God telling us here? He's saying, depend on me. God's not, here, here's, and here's what I used to say. I used to put it this way. I used to say, listen, take a chance on God. Take a chance. Why not? Because, I mean, what have you got to lose? Take a chance. You, you never know. I mean, listen, uh, when it's all over, we'll, we'll know. 
we'll, we'll definitely know who was right and who was wrong. You know, we'll know. But, but what does it hurt to live a life of integrity and character and principle? Huh? Wouldn't you want to do that anyway? Wouldn't you want to do that anyway? I used to say, take a chance on God. But I won't even say that anymore. It's not even about chance. You're not even taking a chance on God. You can't make it. You can't make it without daily bread. Or you can live a life. You can live some kind of a life and you can get to the end. But you cannot, your spirit cannot make it. You'll never have an understanding. You'll never get revelation. You'll never get rhema. You'll never get a satisfaction in that part of you that long. Do you know that we all hunger? I believe that this is why I had all these conversations this year is because those that don't believe in God, those that put all of their faith in science, there's a hunger. They're searching for the meaning of life. Where did we come from? There's a hunger there that only the bread of life, the bread from heaven can fill only that bread can fill that hunger because besides that there are no answers you think you get answers but all they give you is more questions you come up with theories but all the theories do is raise more questions I mean there was a big bang well where did that bang come from it came from uh, you know materials and gases that came together well where did the gases come from well they were already in the universe so where did the universe come from well it was already there well, where did that come from I, we can keep going where did it come from you, there's no answer there are no answers no matter how much you seek the only thing that will give us an answer is the bread that will fill us that will fill us so that's why it's our faith bread he causes us to depend on him and the thing about it is the more you depend on him the more you realize I must depend on him you get that the more you depend on him the more you realize I don't know how I made it without him I don't know how I did it I have no idea how I made it without depending on him every day without reading I listen uh, Pastor Robert Morris put it this way. I'll, I'll extend the same uh, invitation to you. Try it. Try reading your Bible every day. Just spend some time in it every day for 30 days. If you're not satisfied, I'll give you your money back. Guaranteed. <laughs> not the money for your Bible, just the money you spent reading your Bible. <laughs> but it's satisfaction guaranteed. It's satisfaction guaranteed, which is the third point. It is satisfying bread. Satisfying bread. The bread of God satisfies us. Isaiah 55 2 says this. It says, why do you spend money for what is not bread? Isn't that interesting? Why? Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Spirit, a type and shadow of us spiritually. Why do you do things that are not edifying? I, I know. I know I'm talking to myself. Because, I mean, y'all got it together. But I know for me, why do you do, why do you say things that are not edifying? Why do you do things that don't build you up, rather tear you down? Why? Why do you spend money on that which is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Why do you do that? We think it satisfies. He says, the prophet says, listen to me carefully. God's speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Listen to me carefully. Watch now. He says, and eat what is good. Eat what is good and let your soul delight itself. Watch. In abundance. 
Let your soul eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. What is good? It's the bread from heaven. Ask yourself that question. Why do you spend money on things that are not bread? Why do you do it? Why do you do it? Psalm 107, 9, I love it. It says, for he satisfies the longing soul. How many realize that you have a longing soul? You have a longing soul. And he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Satisfies the longing soul and he fills it. Where are you going to get satisfaction from? Where are you going to get it from? Isaiah 58, 11 says this, the Lord will guide you continually. He's always going to do it. He's not going to stop. He's not going to leave you. Well, you know, my father left me. I realize that. Well, you know, my mom left me. Well, you know, this person left. My husband left me. God is telling you, I know that that happened, but that's not what I'm going to do. That's not what I'm going to do. I was here before you knew I was with you, and I'll be here long after you realize that I've been here the whole time. Come on, I'm not going to leave you. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. You ever felt like you've been in a drought, spiritual drought in your life? And strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Oh, God satisfies us. God satisfies us. In Psalm 1, it talks about we'll be like a tree. What? Not just a tree planted in the forest. Not just a random tree out somewhere. We're going to be like a tree planted by the water. Come on. Planted by the water. Planted by the water. Jeremiah 31, 25. For I will satisfy the weary soul. And every languishing soul I will replenish. I don't know what someone else promised you, but I don't think they can live up to the promise that God is promising you. He said, I will, I will, I will, I will do it. I will satisfy your weary soul. I will satisfy it. And every languishing soul, I will replenish. You won't be left out. Psalm 91, 16. He says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. How am I going to do it with long life? Do you know that long life is a promise? It's a promise. I will satisfy you with long life. And then finally in Psalm 132, 15, he puts it this way. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I'm not just going to bless you. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with what? With bread. Why does he emphasize bread here? Jesus is telling you, I am the living bread. I am the bread from heaven. What are you looking for? Ask yourself this question. What am I looking for? Where, where do, where do I uh, have needs in my life that just don't seem to be satisfied? And how am I trying to satisfy those needs? Am I going to the bank? Am I trying to study a little bit harder? Am I trying to dress differently so that someone will notice me? Uh, what are you doing to try to satisfy those places in your life that seem like a dry and thirsty land? Jesus is saying to you this morning, come to me, all ye that labor, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will 
give you. I will give you. It doesn't cost you anything. All you have to do is come to me. I don't know if we get the gravity of what Jesus is saying. We don't have to work for it. But we want, it seems like we want to work for it. We want to work. Well, give me something to do. Let me, let me earn it. And he's saying, no, you can't earn it. You can't, you can't earn it if you want to. All you have to do is come to me. Come to me, God is saying. Come to me. When you go through your day tomorrow, I'm challenging you right now. I'm challenging you. And if you feel guilty, if you feel condemned, then that's on you. That's the word. Tomorrow, take some time and spend in this word. Take some time. I, I would say even if it's five minutes, but I don't want you to, some, I know how some of us are. We say, well, he said five minutes, so that's all I'm going to do. Now, I'm not saying only do five minutes, but spend some time reading his word. Tomorrow, don't delay. Don't delay. Don't start next week. Don't do like you do your diet and your New Year's resolution. Don't start next week. Don't say, I'm going to start on Wednesday. I got so much to do tomorrow. Listen, this is what you have to do tomorrow. Because none of the other stuff that you have to do, you have to do, you have to do tomorrow matters if you don't have your daily bread. Am I emphasizing it enough? How much we need the Word of God. You need it tomorrow. You, it's not just something to add. It's not a supplement. The Word of God is not a supplement. As some of us would suppose, it's not a supplement. Come on. We need it. We have to have it. We have to have it.